You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. God will tell Joshua, make sure you meditate on this book day and night. He tells him again, be courageous, be courageous, but meditate on this book day and night. Then you'll be successful. That's interesting because the last part of chapter 31, God tells Joshua every seven years, bring all the people together. That's the year for canceling debts. So that's interesting. In the year that you got to cancel debts, which will remind you your debt was canceled. The more you read, rehearse, and study something, the easier it is to recall, right? That's how it is with God's Word. Within its pages, God reminds His people of their story and of His faithfulness. Today, Pastor Danny will explain how God encourages and guides His people through His Word. God, through Moses, near the end of his life, encouraged the people to frequently read the Word and to rehearse God's goodness. You'll grow in your trust of God by remembering what He's done. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29 with today's edition of The Living Word. Deuteronomy chapter 29, jump to verse 2. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. With your own eyes you saw those great trials, those signs, and great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands, or eyes that see, or ears that hear. So it's not the Lord's fault. The Lord hasn't been able to do this. Yet the Lord says, during the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread, drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord, your God. When you reach this place, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, came out to fight against us, and these were bad dudes. We took their land gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh. So he starts off here saying, 40 years, God's done miraculous things for you. God's provided for you. And uh, I wonder if anybody just kind of perked up and thought, well, you know, that's true. All those 40 years, all those 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Sandals didn't wear out. 40 years, that's a long time for one pair of sandals. And yet God took care of them. He did miraculous things, like sending food down from heaven. They called it, what is it? Manna, manna. He'd lead them, there would be no water, and then he would provide water, sometimes out of a rock. 
A rock. A rock. He did it twice, at least recorded twice. Despite all the, the care he took of them and all the miraculous ways he provided for them, this generation, 99.9%, never got it. They never got ears that really heard. They never got eyes that really saw. And they never got a mind to really catch uh, and learn what God was trying to teach them. And bottom line, what he's trying to teach them is, trust me, trust me. Learn to walk by faith. But, you know, over 40 years, they grumbled and grumbled and grumbled and grumbled time and time and time again. I think most of us know that. They didn't get it. Go back with me just for a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, early on, chapter 8, verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. Now, I always like to remind us, God knew what was in their heart. He wanted them to know what's in their heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with what is it? With manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but at every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And then he reminds him again, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. To try to teach you to walk by faith. To walk by faith. Now can you imagine being Joshua or Caleb during these 40 years of wilderness wandering? First time they got to the brink of the promised land, Moses sends 12 spies into the land. 12 spies go in, 12 spies come back. They give the report. It's everything God said it is. It's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And then 10 out of the 12 began to say, but there's no way we can possess this land. There are giants there. We seem like grasshoppers to them. And Joshua and Caleb tried to sway the crowd, if you will, toward faith. They said, no, our God will be with us. We'll go in, we'll take it. But the majority ruled. And the wilderness wandering began. And Joshua and Caleb have to endure 40 years with a faithless generation. Can you imagine that? But they made it. They made it. I'm not going to read every verse because we're doing highlights, right? The rest of the chapter, God will warn this new generation not to worship the gods of the peoples in the land that he's going to give them. This new generation is headed into the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. He also warns them, not to think they can do their own thing, go their own way, and still maintain the blessings of the land that he's leading them into. Look with me just quickly, Deuteronomy 29, verse 19. When such a person hears the words of this oath and they invoke a blessing on themselves, thinking, I'll be safe, even though I persist in going my own way, they will bring disaster on the watered land as well as the dry. In other words, the land of promise won't flow with milk and honey for you if you persist in going your own way. 
Then in the first part of chapter 30, the Lord tells them that the future generations sin, even sin greatly, and yet they come back to the Lord, they repent, he will restore the blessings that they once had. And the path to blessing, chapter 30, verse 11. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it? Proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim to us so we may obey it? No, get this. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. Now that's pretty cool because that verse, at least the one verse is repeated in the New Testament, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse eight. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith. Faith, there it is. Faith that we proclaim. Back in Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 1. Then Moses went out and he spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. Now, it's not because Moses, is, his strength is gone, all right? We'll see that in a little bit. It's that God said, this is the end of your ministry. This is the end. You shall not cross the Jordan. I don't think Moses was happy about that. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will cross over ahead of you. He becomes the new leader of the children of Israel. Verse four, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you. You must do to them all that I command you. Be strong, courageous, don't be afraid, or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. There it is again. Trust me. Trust the Lord. Verse seven, then Moses summoned Joshua, said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. When we get to Joshua chapter one, God will tell Joshua, make sure you meditate on this book day and night. He tells him again, be courageous, be courageous, but meditate on this book day and night. Then you'll be successful. That's interesting because the last part of chapter 31, God tells Joshua every seven years, bring all the people together. That's the year for canceling debts. So that's interesting. In the year that you got to cancel debts, which will remind you your debt was canceled, and they would read the whole Bible that they had together. Every seven years, they'd read the whole Bible. So God wants Joshua meditating in the book. He wants the people meditating in the book. Why? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And what God wants is for us to learn to walk by faith. Now there's something else going on here. 
And most of us know it, uh, maybe all of us know it, but we need to hear it again. Moses, his ministry is done now, and Joshua is the one that would lead the people into the land of promise. Why? Because it's a picture. It's a picture and it's a lesson beyond even uh, the abundant life that Jesus says any of us can have here and now. John chapter one. John chapter one, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Old Testament name for Jesus is Joshua, Yeshua. It means Yahweh is salvation. And so God wouldn't have Moses lead them into the land of promise because he's painting a picture here. Joshua has to take over, and it's Jesus, it's Joshua, the type in Joshua that leads us beyond the law because the law never gonna get you there. We couldn't keep the law, right? Most of us, all of us know that, right? Can't keep the law. God gave the law to show man that he can't keep the law. And then Joshua steps in, and now Joshua is gonna lead us. And Joshua is the type and representation of Jesus. Chapter 32, God gives Moses, before he steps off the page here, steps off the scene, a song. It's a long song. He has the children of Israel learn this song, this very long song. We're not going to read the whole song, but let's read a bit of it. Verse one. Listen, you heavens, and I'll speak. Hear you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God, exclamation point. He's the rock. His works are perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. And then he shifts to the ones that don't get it, not walking by faith. They are corrupt, not his children to their shame. They are warped and crooked generation. In this way, you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people. Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, he'll tell you. Your elders, they'll explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land, he found them. In a barren and howling waste, he shielded them, cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, that spreads its wing to catch them, to catch them, and then carries them aloft. You know what an eagle does? To teach the young to fly, pushes them out of the nest, and then when they fall, grabs them and takes them back, and again and again until finally they get it and they begin to soar on eagles' wings. How cool is that? Verse 12, the Lord alone led him. 
No foreign God was with him. He made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the fields. He nourished him with honey from the rock. That's miraculous honey. And with oil from the flinty crag. That's miraculous oil. With curds and milk from herd and flock, with fat and lambs and goats, with the choice rams of Bashan, the finest kernels of wheat. He drank the foaming blood of the grape. Jeshurun, Jeshurun, one of the names the Lord gives to Israel means the upright one grew fat and kicked. That's rebellion. Filled with food, they became heavy and sleek. They abandoned the God who made them, rejected the rock, their savior. They made him jealous with their foreign gods, angered him with their detestable idols. But then jump to verse 27. Despite their rebellion, the grace of God. But I dreaded the taunt of the enemy, lest the adversary misunderstand and say, our hand has triumphed. And then verse 43. Rejoice, you nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will take vengeance on his enemies and make atonement for his land and people. That's grace. That's mercy. And then you jump down, or next verse, verse 44. Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people. When Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words I've solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. You'll continue to experience blessing. Blessing. And then you get to verse 48. On that same day, the Lord told Moses, Go up into the Abiram range to Mount Nebo in Moab across from Jericho and view Canaan, the land I am giving the Israelites as their own possession. There on the mountain that you have climbed, you will die and be gathered to your people, just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. This is because both of you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the desert of Zin, and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. Therefore, you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I'm giving to the people of Israel. Moses was not encouraged by that. God didn't cause Aaron and Moses to fail. We obviously know that. He could not lead them into the land of promise because the picture he's painting and the lesson he's, he's teaching because Moses represents the law. Nevertheless, Moses and Aaron did fail. Years after the wandering in the wilderness, they come again to a place where there's no water, and God tells Moses, the rock, this rock, speak to the rock. Now, the first time years before, God told him, strike the rock, strike it, and he struck the rock. And when he struck the rock, even though the people are grumbling and complaining and full of rebellion, the grace of God pours out of that rock and waters gushing out, gushing out, because the rock is Christ. And smiting the rock is the cross. But now, once the rock is smitten, 
You just speak to the rock. You just speak to the rock. And so God tells Moses, speak to the rock. But Moses, after all these years of hearing them complain and grumble and rebel time after time after time, he just loses it. And instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock, and he doesn't strike it just once, he strikes it twice. He ruined the whole illustration and the whole teaching. He smote the rock once. The rock never needs to be smitten again. And now grace is ready to pour out if you'll just speak to the rock. What a God. But Moses is not encouraged by this. Moses is not thinking, oh yeah, God's painting a picture here. I can't lead the children of Israel. Joshua's got to do it because it's Christ. You think he's thinking that? I don't think so. And I got scripture to back it up. Pause, go back, Deuteronomy chapter three. Deuteronomy chapter three. Find it, go down to verse 21. At that time I commanded Joshua, you've seen with your own eyes all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms over there where you're going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. At that time, catch this. This is Moses. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord. I pleaded. I pleaded with the Lord. Sovereign Lord, you've begun to show to your servant your greatness in your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country in Lebanon. He's pleading with the Lord. Please, Lord, after all I've been through, that's basically what he's thinking. After all I've been through all these years, please let me go into the land. But because of you, Moses says, the people, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. He's blaming them. And here's what God says, that's enough. That's enough, the Lord said, do not speak to me anymore about this matter. So he has been pleading with the Lord, oh God, oh Lord, please let me go into the land. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah, look west, north, south, and east, look at the land with your own eyes since you're not going to cross this Jordan. But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you see. He pleaded with the Lord and the Lord finally said, don't don't say anything about this anymore. That's it, done deal. Chapter 33 opens like this. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and dawned over them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came with myriads of holy ones, angels, from the south, from his mountain slopes. Surely it is you who love the people. All the holy ones are in your hand. At your feet they all bow down and from you receive instruction. The law that Moses gave us, the possession of the assembly of Jacob. He was king over Jeshurun, the upright one, when the leaders of the people assembled along with the tribes of Israel. Sinai was where God came down in the thick cloud, and there was thunder, and there was lightning. And God spoke from the thunder uh, from the top of Mount Sinai, and it was such an awe fall in a good way, experience, 
We're so glad you joined us today on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the resources tab on our website for more information. This is a great way to dive into the Word. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God and His Word over the radio. So please pray that anyone listening today would be open to hearing the gospel message. We ask that you pray for soft hearts and receptive minds to the grace that Jesus offers to everyone. Please pray also for us, that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program, and that we'd have the courage to follow Him wherever He leads. As you pray, please let us know if God would lead you to support The Living Word financially. If you'd like to give any amount to this ministry, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the Give tab. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. We appreciate you tuning in. Pastor Danny will share more next time right here on The Living Word.